0: Why you oi? Why you you Then you then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go bud yourself. You need to go plant a
1: seed, go bud yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go bud yourself, go bud yourself, go bud yourself. Alright, welcome you guys to episode number thirteen of Grow Bud Yourself. We have a great show in store for you guys today. Uh, we have special guest Aaron from DNA Genetics. Uh, we have our cultivation segment, Strain of the Fortnight. Uh, we're going to talk about grow room temperature, play a game of Jeopardy, and lots of fun stuff. So stick around for episode number thirteen of Grow Bud Yourself. All right, here we are, Mike, and it is episode number 13. Yeah, lucky 13. Here we are. Lucky 13. Here we are. And uh, Yeah, man, so
0: big announcement last week.
1: Um, what's it been like for you since the, the news broke? Uh, it's been amazing. Uh, you're referring to our Northeast Leaf Magazine uh, launch, um, which is coming up so soon. Uh, yeah, the, the response has been amazing. I mean, people in, on social media... Um, you know, the press release really made the rounds. Um, we were mentioned in the New York Post uh, today, actually. Um, and yeah, it's just very exciting uh, to, you know, to have that, uh, you know, have the results that we wanted to get from the press release, you know, just to get, get that information out there, let people know that we're doing this free magazine Uh, for the entire Northeast U.S. region and, uh, you know, our partnership with uh, uh, Leaf Nation and uh, Northwest Leaf. And and the the whole Leaf brand um, is expanding. And and that's really exciting, especially at a time like this. And the response has just been overwhelming. So we're very uh, excited and pumped and just, you know, you know, chomping at the bit. Uh, at this point to get those magazines out to the people and if you're interested you know advertising uh contributing photographs editorial whatever uh, uh distribution of the magazine in your store any of that you know you can always uh email us at launch at anyleaf.com uh and check us out anyleaf.com and on socials and all that follow us on facebook and instagram and twitter and yeah i don't know it's been exciting what about you mike
0: yeah no it's been it's been really cool um very excited to get that project going and we definitely recommend that you check that out right. uh, you So you can check
1: them out online you can check out the northwest leaf magazines uh at nwleaf.com uh, and you can read all the magazines for free online as well uh, and you can flip through the magazines right on your computer or your phone however you know you'd like and again it's free to the public and very very excited to uh be back in print publishing
0: yeah, so check those out for free, um, and then get somewhat of an idea of what you can expect from the uh, Northeast Leaf, which will uh, drop in September. We highly recommend you check that out. Um, but speaking of recommendations, uh, we should probably we should probably do some of those. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, let's do. Uh, sometimes on this show, we like to give people recommendations. You know, we're we're men of the world. Um, we have we have things to say. We have opinions. And some people might benefit from hearing them. So um, maybe we'll we'll give some recommendations to start
1: the show off. Yeah, I got a good one. Um, this one is from Netflix, uh, and it is called Have a Good Trip, uh, Adventures in Psychedelics. And it, this is a great, uh, very funny, uh, insightful uh, sort of documentary uh, about acid, LSD. And, uh, it's got a lot of different, you know, uh, cameos from people, uh, Adam Horovitz from beastie boys. Um, it's hosted, I think, yeah, it's Nick Offerman, Adam Scott is in it. Um, so there's a lot of funny stuff about it, but it's also, uh, you know, very interesting, you know, people describing, uh, their first LSD trips and things. And, uh, yeah, that's my recommendation. It's called have a good trip adventures in psychedelics.
0: I like that. It sounds pretty good. And uh, it, it seems like a pretty good cast to give that kind of information out. So, yeah, yeah very cool. Yeah, even,
1: even Sting makes an appearance uh, talking about his, uh, his trip uh, or trips. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's got some great cameos and uh, it's very funny, very well put together.
0: Very cool. I like that. Um, my recommendation, uh, I, I think everyone should, should go ahead and check out High Times' uh, Wikipedia page. If you Google High Times and look at their (laughs) Wikipedia entry, uh, the the first thing that comes up is that I'm apparently still the editor-in-chief there, and you're still the senior cultivation editor. And now I know we cast a long shadow over there at High Times, but I haven't worked there in six months. And uh, I think it's time they update that because it's no longer accurate. But, yeah, go ahead. No, I I don't know what to say. That's odd. Uh, I just want to get it out there because I I desperately want someone
1: to change that.
0: Yeah. I guess I could, but I'm lazy.
1: Right, right. Well, my personal uh, Wikipedia does reflect the change. Uh, So if you go to the Danny Tinko Wikipedia, uh, it has, you know, former former High Times uh, staffer, now uh, Northeast Leaf staffer. There you go. Former is an important
0: word. Um, I guess if you want a second recommendation... Um, because that one was not, you know, something I really think people should spend their time doing. Um, there's a there's a pretty good documentary. It did come out uh, about 10 years ago, but I missed it the first time around. Maybe some other people did. Uh, it's called uh, Monty Python's Almost the Truth, and it's on uh, Netflix. So if you're a fan of uh, Monty Python, or just uh, comedy, or maybe the 70s, um, <laughs> or... Mm -hmm. illustrations uh check it out it's 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 uh definitely worth uh watch it's a few episodes long so um it does it delivers what i think a good documentary should deliver which is you know first of all talk to the important people involved which it does um you know give some sort of insight um behind the scenes that i may not have known before watching it which it does And also just show some highlights, you know, uh, remind me of why this thing that I'm watching a documentary about was so great in the first place. And it also does that. So it it delivers on all of those. It's like, I don't know if you saw The Last Dance, the Michael uh, Jordan Chicago Bulls uh, documentary, which I've, even though it's 10 episodes and like, you know, forever long, I've watched it twice. (laughs) Yeah. And it does all that so well, because like, at the end of the day, I just, I want to hear from... The guys that were on the Bulls and some of his big opponents. I want to hear some of the kind of crazy behind-the-scenes stories I'd never heard before. But most of all, I just want to see highlights of Michael Jordan playing basketball,
1: you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's amazing. And actually, that reminded me, I watched something on PBS uh, about George Harrison and his involvement with Monty Python and uh, the studio studio. Uh, that he built basically to help those guys make films and, and, and other films as well that I knew nothing about. Um, so there's another recommendation.
2: <laughs> I forget what that's called.
0: If you watch the Monty Python one, the, almost the truth that they talk about George Harrison putting his home up to finance. Um, I, I can't remember if it was Life of Brian or um, Holy Grail. Uh, Holy, It might have been Holy Grail, but, right. but Harrison did put up his home to finance uh, that movie. So amazing. Cool. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah.
0: So those are some recommendations. Um, as always, we'd love to hear stuff that you recommend. We have a lot of time on our hands. We want to kill it. So please let us know what we should be reading, watching, uh, consuming, doing, eating all of that stuff. Uh, email us info at com or get us on socials where he is at Danny Danko and I am uh, at Mike check G and the show of course is at Grow Bud Yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and Patreon. That's and another Patreon. great place uh, to participate. Uh, again, we're going to be doing those uh, live uh, Zooms and stuff coming, I think, maybe with next week's episode. Um, so, yeah, Patreon is a great place to support us and to keep up with what's going on with the show and even get some uh, a little bit of extra bonus footage. Yeah,
0: definitely do that.
1: Right. Patreon.com slash Danny Danko. Yes. And of course, there's our YouTube page too. So we've Correct. there
0: have been some subscribers. So you no longer can be our first.
1: But that's right. It, We're up to still... almost a hundred subscribers at this yeah. point. And uh, you can listen, and you know, you can listen to the shows on YouTube, uh, on your TV, or pretty much anywhere else you get YouTube. So, uh, but you know, I know a lot of people like myself. You know, kind of just fall into these YouTube uh, mm-hmm. holes, <laughs> and uh, and I think uh, you know, grow bud yourself. On YouTube is a great uh, hole to fall in.
0: Yeah, that's my recommendation. YouTube.
1: Just you just go. keep
0: clicking some of the recommended videos. And if you spend enough time there, you will see something that you never uh, saw before and enjoy. So that's, Exactly. And yeah. you can just call it research. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you can kill a whole day doing it. And people think you're just working on your computer. So. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. Yeah. All right. Well, those were recommendations. Um but uh, this show also cares very much about um, teaching people how to grow weed and, and speaking to people who grow and breed great cannabis.
1: That's right. And uh, yeah, that, I think is a decent segue to our special guest, uh, Aaron from DNA Genetics, who, uh, you know, uh, Don and Aaron uh, formed DNA Genetics in the early 2000s um, and very quickly You know, rose to uh, prominence over in Amsterdam, uh, winning cannabis cups and, and, um, you know, joining the Seabank Hall of Fame that I uh, inducted them into in 2009. And, you know, they've built that into a huge brand. I mean, DNA Genetics is worldwide um, and they've made some amazing deals and still create amazing uh, strains. So, uh, yeah, we will be back after the break with Aaron from DNA Genetics. Hey, you guys, we are so excited to have BC Northern Lights back on the block with Grow Bud Yourself. Um, these guys have been, you know, a, a, a staple of our advertising for many years. Uh, they make incredible grow boxes, the Mercedes of grow boxes, uh, fully automated touch screen technology. And there's a grow box for everybody's needs. There's the bloom box, which has three different chambers for perpetual growing. Producer, which you can just fill with clones or seedlings and and start producing. Uh, they even make drying uh, boxes as well. Uh, and I love the mothership for moms uh, and the roommate, uh, which is a nice small unit that you can have. You know, even in a studio apartment. So check out bcnorthernlights.com. Uh, they have incredible customer service, incredible support. Just tell them you know that Danny Danko sent you from Grow Bud Yourself. You can give them a call. Also toll free 866-933-3269. Thank you to BC Northern Lights. And as always, check them out at bcnorthernlights.com or give them a call. And remember to tell them Danny sent you. All right. And we are back and uh, just honored to have an old friend uh and a great grower and breeder uh it's aaron from dna genetics aaron welcome
2: what's up danny what's up mike thanks for having me on the show today you guys uh it's been a long time we've known each other over a decade
1: (laughs) oh yeah plenty more than a decade
2: you know um, definitely a lot has happened you know there's been a lot of ups there's been a lot of downs we've watched families grow kids come into this world i mean it's just good to be on the phone with you guys because, again, like you know, you guys are some of the reasons why there's a DNA Genetics.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we we really rose through the industry together in in a way. I mean, uh, you know, going back a little bit here, <laughs> uh, I remember I think it was two thousand four is is uh, when DNA won the the first. Uh, cup or maybe 2005
2: 2004 was our first cannabis cup award
1: right right and then
2: entering into a cannabis cup
1: right and then the next year uh, uh i believe martian mean green won first place
2: yeah and la confidential came in second
1: right amazing uh well let's go even further back than that um i should mention to people uh Aaron and his partner don uh are the d and a in DNA genetics. So that's how, that's a little hinted to how they came up with that name. Of course, uh, very brilliant. And take me back to before you guys, you know, went over to Amsterdam. Uh, what were, what were some of your earlier experiences with cannabis and how did you, how did you fall in love with the plant?
2: Well, I mean, I'll just speak my, for myself personally. Like, you know, weed has been around me since I was a little, a little kid and my brother who's not with it, not, a, not around anymore. He was, he used to sell, sell weed back in the day when he was a teenager and I was just like, you know, little eight year olds, you know, seven year old running around, not knowing really what weed was and finding bags of weed in my brother's room and giving them to my parents. Like, you know, I was the little, I was whatever I wasn't you know an angel well I guess I was an angel for my parents but for my brother I was detriment because I was stealing his weed <laughs> um, I think that was my first interaction with cannabis and then uh, after he passed away um, at a young age uh, I was closer to cannabis around me and you know And some girls would give me some weed, and then I smoked it. And, you know, then we saw weed growing at, like, the neighbor's houses. And we used to pluck the leaves off their plants and smoke the leaves. (laughs) And then, like, and then it came, you know, like, oh, you smoke actually the flower, right? And then we figured that whole thing out. And then, like, then you would go to the streets, you know, when you're, you know. 15 years old 14 years old you ride your bike to the to the area where they sell weed on the street fedora was for us was fedora it was like mid-city la um and yeah you'd have people uh you know that would be you know on the side of the street just selling weed of course it was seedy swag weed right because that's what yeah. readily and uh yeah, that's, you know, you would throw those seeds out the window, and those were the, then turned out to be the very first plants you ever grew. It was the, sh- the swag seeds from the weed you are rolling up. You threw out the window, and next thing you know, your, your buddies are coming over, like, oh, dude, you know you have weed plants in front of your house? You know, like right underneath the window? And so, I mean, like, weed's been around me for a long time, Uh
1: how did you link up with Don and uh how did you guys arrive at the decision to leave the United States and, and go over to Amsterdam in, in Holland and, and all that? But uh take me through, you know, meeting him and 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 up until kind of making that decision.
2: Right. So uh prior just prior to meeting Don, I was, you know, I was growing weed in the in the garage and in the guest house. You know, um, at friends' houses in the basement and stuff like that, and I was I was also selling weed, you know, middlemanning weed. Uh, I had friends who used to hook it up all the time, and uh, I got a phone call from one of my old friends. I don't know if you ever heard of this, a soda company called New York Seltzer. Yeah, of course. I right, so I I grew up with that family, uh, in L.A. and uh my buddy calls me up. He says, Hey, I have a friend who just moved into town and he needs some weed. Can you hook him up? I met him and I hooked him up on some weed. You know, he like wanted a couple of eights or something like that. And and then the, it was just uh and then the relationship started there. You know, I always kept on seeing him, you know. So uh you know, I, I started hanging out with him.
1: Um so you linked up with Don. And uh, I
2: picked up with Don, sold him weed for a long time. Uh, I had to vanish real quick. And uh, (laughs) during that vanishing, everybody that I grew up with, people that I put money in their pocket, people, uh, you know, I helped out and friends of mine, they all turned their backs on me when I had to vanish. And um, Don was the only person that was there for me during that vanishing period and then uh so oh and then i you know i i vanished for a couple years and then i popped up and then um and then i spent a, you know a year away from california and then came back and started you know working with dawn and stuff not so much growing weed and so much but just doing other things, and then the opportunity arose to go to Europe, right? And and just on a on a trip, not to like go hang out in Amsterdam, to go to, to actually Denmark and do some work for somebody, and uh, that all fell apart when we ended up landing in Europe. Somebody flaked on us, and the whole thing fell apart, and we're in the middle of fucking Belgium and this. Rapper dude named uh, Peter came to pick us up, and uh, he was like, where is the other dude? And we're like, he never hopped on the plane. And he's like, oh, shit. We're like, how do you even know him? He's like, oh, I didn't. I picked him up hitchhiking one day. And and I was like, oh, so this fool just bullshitted us about this whole thing, and now we're out here. And we made a really good friend with him. They, they're in a hip-hop band and in, in a great graffiti crew uh, called Starflam in Belgium. And uh, we hung out with him for like three weeks. And then Don and I like, look, we can't be just living on this dude's floor, you know. And he had a grow room, which was cool because he had weed for us. And then we're like, let's go to Amsterdam, you know. And I think that's when I definitely saw uh, a chink in the system, you know, because I grew up reading High Times Magazine. I saved like the inserts, you know, from some great artwork from High Times Magazine. And I always looked at Amsterdam as the mecca of cannabis, right? But at this time, before we left LA, I mean, we're smoking OG, you know, we're smoking LA, LA OG, LA, AFI. We're, you know, we're smoking some good weed in LA. And then we go to Amsterdam, we're like,
1: Huh? Right.
2: It's nice cutting it. It's not. Yeah, it's not cutting. It's cool to see the hazes. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: but there's no there's no Kush, no diesel, no.
2: Well, there was there was, uh, there was diesel. Right, right, but not that, that sour f- diesel, right? Grapefruit right. diesel, right? Um, <laughs> you know, and then there was like citral. I mean, some there was some there was some. There was some Good strains, no doubt, you know, so blueberries, you know, like from the noon that only had blueberry, you know, like, I mean, there was there was good stuff out there, um, but it wasn't California great. Right. Don and I, you know, our trip was up. We met all these cool people. Um, we did a couple maneuvers and came back to California and then hustled our ass off and said listen i was like we can make an we can make a mark we can go there grow weeds, and sell it you know and because they don't have what we have
1: right and change basically change the landscape of uh you know what's available well, we didn't in, look at it like that. We in just the coffee thought, shops and
2: yeah we thought about it as just you know showing them that we'll the same stuff you know we have in California is over there. Don't get me wrong; there was an American or two over there, of course. You know, and mm-hmm. and they were doing their thing, but they weren't selling OG Kush. There was just a lack of that California taste, right, and that California love. And uh, so Don and I hustled, came back, hustled, busted our ass, sold whatever we could, then made the then made the sacrifice. Well, we went over to Amsterdam, we got a flat, you know, and we decided to fire it up and turn it into a grow, you know, lived on the bottom and grew on top.
1: Yeah. I think I visited that grow.
2: Yeah. <laughs> i sure you visited that grow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have pictures. Um, and um, and that must've been, that would be like, Oh, three, Oh, four around that time.
2: Yeah. Uh, end end of Oh three, I believe.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. So things really did change around that time in Amsterdam as well. I mean, just the price
2: changed. That's for sure. Because the, the,
1: the Gilder became the Euro.
2: Yep. And like, you know, the beauty about Amsterdam is it's like a family. Right. All these people, all like real dudes know each other, you know, and Don and I lived by his code is if you don't do wrong to nobody, then nothing should wrong should happen to you. Right. And pay your bills and, and be, and be right about what you do. Um, so we, we fired it up. We grew, we, we you know, yeah. what we needed to do to survive over there. And uh, yeah, we, linked up with like gypsy nirvana and gypsy nirvana was like, Hey, we, you guys should make a seed crop for me. Right. Mm-hmm. And that seed crop was all power, power plant females. And a bunch of different male plants, whether they were from seed or from clone. Mm-hmm. Some of them were from clone from like Heritage, it from uh magic genetics. And, mm-hmm. He, uh, he gave us a warlock mail, you know, we had some other mails that were given to us and some mails that we had from C2. And we, so what we did is we, we did the seed crop and we called it, who's your daddy. It was about, okay. a, about a kilo of seeds, uh, coming from that room. Uh, it's about 55,000, 60,000 seeds. And, uh, Gypsy Nirvana bought them. He's like, hey, do you guys have a company name? Do you want to, you know? And we're like, "Uh, let us think about the name for this, right? And that was when uh, one of the artists that worked with Soma back in the day, a guy named Yorgos, was like, I got it, you guys. I thought about it last night. I got your logo. I did it all already. DNA dna gen eggs the double helix with the seeds in it right and so that logo went on seed packs that were given out to everybody that bought seeds from seeds direct international canographic back in the day so that was that was how dna got started and then then we entered the cannabis cup and came in third for la con and then uh the next year we came in first and second, sativa and sativa and indica, or thin leafed indica and broad leafed indica.
1: <laughs> right, that was Martian Mean Green.
2: Yeah, Martian Mean Green and LA Khan again. Right. Um,
1: so, so what did it feel like to win that first award and and be up there, you know, in your ho- in your new town?
2: I mean, we were just the boys, right? We were just <laughs> the boys. You know, and, like, it was, you know, it was, it was awesome. First of all, to be in High Times Magazine is a dream come true from a kid when you're a little kid and you're reading it, you know? Right. And then being able to, you know, befriend all these dudes, the Yoas, the Olafs, the Arians, the Little Eddies, you know, the Johns and Harrys, all the, the John from Gray Area, you know, all these guys become our friends, right? And I remember the first day going to see a coffee shop, walking in and going to see Ariane, because we've already met other coffee shops, but we knew Ariane was paying the most, right? Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, like, Soma... I love soma but he was like taxing us bro he was making like huge profits on our on our things you know so we're like we're going fact we're going direct and uh, that's when we learned that coffee shops didn't want to pay anything for herbs and we start bringing in better weed than these guys have in their whole coffee shop you know and they're like well you know we we won't pay for an indica and we're like dude Sorry, homie, you know.
1: Right, all, this is different.
2: This is different, you know. And then the numbers started going up, you know, and it wasn't about indica or sativa; it was about good wheat.
1: Right, right. So, since that first uh, cannabis cup, you guys have won over a hundred and eighty different awards. Uh, I'd say more 30- than that. It's more pretty incredible. That. I mean, that's just what I could see, you know, on the website. Uh, yeah, that's short is, by like,
2: it's uh, short.
1: yeah. So probably closer to 200 or more awards, uh, internationally all over the world, uh, DNA genetics, uh, products are, are found throughout the world. Uh, and you guys have expanded into other countries obviously as well. Now you've since returned from Amsterdam, uh, to California. Right.
2: Yeah. I've been in Cali for almost eight years.
1: Right. And uh, tell me a little bit about how, how DNA has expanded since, you know, w- you know, winning all these awards and, and, and what you guys, you know, footprint is like right now.
2: Um, you know, I think our footprints with licensing deals, you know, and Amsham pre- presents a unique opportunity for us because we're legally allowed to place genetics into legal market into other legal federally legal markets by companies that can obtain an import permit. Mm-hmm. So, so what
1: are some of those countries that you guys are involved Canada,
2: in? Canada.
1: Canada. Of course, that's a big, big one.
2: Yeah. Canada, you know, uh, we did the first ever licensing deal, I think out of all the cannabis companies with Canadians, with the Canadian corporate canadian cannabis company they were mm. called tweed at the time and uh you know just medical marijuana for canada and uh yeah that turned out to be a really big deal you know and uh, a great licensing model you know for people to to be able to grow our weed uh and for us to make a a royalty off of uh, products served, sold. So it's, it's a unique thing. And, and that's, you know, and in the States we've had, we have licensing models. Um, and one thing good about like being in the industry so long is our genetics have made have, have made it everywhere. Everywhere there's a cannabis movement. I'm sure I can find our stuff, you know, from a private person or someone I know in that, in that area. So for licensing deals, it makes us, it makes it easier for genetics in the States to, to be available to those licensing partners. Um,
1: Um, Now you also have partnerships with uh, Crockett uh, from Crockett family farms uh, as well. Um, And yeah, that's uh, pretty awesome. I remember when you guys, um, you know, started sort of, uh, you know, doing a reserve of privata that was stuff, you know, that from friends of yours that were, you know, breeding, you know, but not really didn't have the outlet to make those strains available to the public. And I think, you know, rather than take credit for them yourselves, you, you gave credit where credit was due and brought in, you know, some of your friends' favorite genetics. And I think that's a testament to, uh, you know, you guys true love of the plant and, and appreciation of, of those kind of, you know, underground rules to live by.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, that was an interesting one, you know, like friends are like here, t- your DNA, take all these things, bro. Take these. And I'm like, dude, is way too much for me just to just take for myself, you know? And then like, that's how reserved for it. I mean, not everyone, not every one of our friends wanted to keep making seeds. Though, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so like we like candy kush was one of those you know that w- the seeds were given to us we did the selection on the seeds uh and they were never made again purple wreck same thing you know um and you know strains come and go you got to evolve you can't just be some of the the greats you keep around but the, sometimes you got to Put shelf things, you know, and I still get emails to this day. Hey, you can I do you have any of these lying around? <laughs> I'm like, right. man, that's like 2005, homie.
1: Right, right. I love, I remember really appreciating the uh, the Cantaloupe Haze, you know, strains like that. Uh, I think there, there was one called uh, Connie Chung <laughs> at one point, uh-huh. right?
2: Connie Chung, Maury actually, yeah. we knew her and Ma- Maury smoked. <laughs> right? So, like, we named a strain for her, and uh, I get, like I found it. I found this thing on the web, and it was Maury Povich talking about how his comedian friend said, Hey, there's a strain up here, and it's called Connie Chung. <laughs> you know? And Maury, of course, they had to try it, you know? Yeah. But it. Yeah. We've, we've, we've had those, you know, the street of the connie chunks. I mean, that's the old one, you know, it's like a fad. Cannabis is almost like clothing and it, you know, it cycles around.
1: Right. Exactly. Uh, Um, yeah. So, uh, now if someone buys a pack of, of, uh, DNA seeds, what's your advice to, you know, the beginner grower who's just getting started, who gets themselves a pack of seeds? Um, you know, what's a, what, what are some surefire tips, uh, to be successful, uh, growing out those seeds.
2: Okay, well, I, you know, uh, usually a person who buys a pack of seeds has a friend maybe that already grows. You know, I would I would tell the person to seek out that one friend who already has good weed or or grows, and and ask them. And, you know, because most time what we found out is the people get their seeds and then they start listening to every single person that they know. Right. Everybody's going to chime in and have something. And then you're you're overloaded and not all those things work. I would say keep it simple, Mm -hmm. you know, plant the seed in a light soil, not a heavy soil with something with perlite, you know, Uh, very light. So the seed could just grow quick, and and don't overwater. Make that root grow, you know, and uh, and go slowly. And you know, success doesn't always happen on the first try.
1: Right, right. You got to keep going at it, and and yeah. make some mistakes along the way.
2: Yeah, I mean, like that's you know, trial and error. Uh, read books, you know certain books are better than others i don't want to name names but you know there's there's some good books um mel frank has some great books
1: right right you know? yeah yeah he's been on the show in the past as well uh yeah so let people know how they can you know find out more information about dna genetics uh you know th- um
2: dna com is our is our url i guess -hmm. Website, Uh, I believe we're in the process of making a new website right now, so things might be switching over. Maybe it's brand new right now. I haven't flicked on DNA DNA Genetics. I haven't looked at my website in a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Instagram, yeah, Instagram. We're DNA underscore Genetics on Instagram. We only and we only have one. I mean, we have a DNA shop. For our DNA shop in Amsterdam, we have uh, a DNA army. But we don't sell any type of herb over Instagram. So I just want to <laughs> let people know yeah. that there are DNA genetics handles out there that are trying to scam people. And they're trying to sell shit over the, over the web using my face, using Don's face, Don's name. You know, uh, that's not us. We have our one DNA underscore genetics and
1: it's got the blue check you guys. So, you know, look for the blue check.
2: Yeah. Don't believe any, anything that doesn't have a blue check, you know, and if they say they work for us, send us a DM, you know, (laughs) and ask us if they work for us, you know, and we'll be glad to tell you.
1: Now, um, what does the future hold for DNA genetics? What are you guys' plans? Any sort of new, new strains or, or, uh, future ideas and plans
2: yeah you know um we just started recently launching product dna product in arizona oh excellent and we got to do a giant selection and to bring out some of our varieties that will be unique to arizona because of the phenotype hunt that we did uh not everything grows the same in in different environments so these phenos are are good just well are good in Arizona.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, so we're launching product there. We also wh- have
1: Where where can people in Arizona where will they be able to find that product?
2: Sol flower? Sol flower? SOL flower? Sol flower. Soon our products going to be wholesaled out to other dispensaries throughout Arizona. Um, California we are we have a collaboration launch that's about to happen here at Dr. Green thumbs with be real and uh, our buddy, you know, Kenj and mouse and the guys, uh, um, it's just a collaboration right now. And the next time you see our products in the shop, it'll be in DNA packaging, but it's a insane brand, insane OG brand, insane crossed uh, DNA collaboration. And uh, the varieties that are going to be available are Gelato Sorbet, which is a newer variety, super, super tasty and super fragrant. And then we have uh, uh, For Profits, which is uh, another new variety to the, to the masses. Um, and that is uh, Three Times Crazy times Kosher Kush.
1: Okay. Wow.
2: So those are the first two varieties that you'll see on Doctor throughout the Dr. Green Thumb shops. Uh, and then uh, right after that, I believe it, it's going to be going to Dr. Green Thumb and then spreading out to surrounding shops through our distribution channel. And then, yeah, and then it's, you know, then our brand is going to be launched in California, which is good. Excellent. We are working with uh, Green Peak Innovation, GPI in Michigan, and uh, they have a fairly large grow. So soon our products are going to be available in Michigan. A few varieties are going to be available for wholesale to other dispensaries, and a few varieties are going to be unique to GPI's uh, uh, retail locations.
1: Right on. Excellent. Well, hey – Aaron, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. Uh, Really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you so much.
2: You guys are welcome. You guys uh, take care of your families, yourselves, uh, be safe. I thank you guys, you know, again.
1: All right, welcome back. And thank you as always uh, to Aaron and uh, DNA Genetics great stories it's always nice to hear from aaron absolutely absolutely yeah. uh and now we are in the thick of our cultivation segment yes the... cultivation segment and
0: it has been two weeks which everyone who listens knows it's a fortnight <laughs> and that means of
1: the fortnight yes all right strain of the got. fortnight i have mega queso from nameless genetics this is uh a cannabis cup winner actually one. uh first place sativa flower uh in 2016 uh at the socal cannabis cup um out there in san bernadubi california um and nameless you know they've been on the cover of high times uh, i actually this one was on the cover mega queso i believe that year um they're also you know they're the creators of uh mega wellness og uh another amazing strain uh, but this one, you know, the queso, you know, it's got that little little bit of cheesy, cheesiness to it. Um, but, you know, on the sativa side. So it actually packs a pretty powerful punch. Um, uh, it's got those real dense kind of sticky nuggets uh, that are, you know, very nice for bag appeal as well. Very uh, covered in trichomes, um, which actually ends up uh, producing a really incredible concentrates as well. Um, incredible live resin uh really fantastic with the great terpene profile um definitely appetite stimulating potency this one uh, will will bring on the munchies uh and um, a nice overall buzz uh it's calming and uplifting at the same time so it's really got um, everything you want out of a sativa dominant strain um even the short kind of flowering time of nine weeks so uh not bad uh for a sativa dominant strain So, yeah, check out the Mega Queso. Uh, Go to namelessgenetics.com for more info. And uh, that is our Strain of the Fortnite Mega Queso from Nameless. Yeah, sounds good. Nameless Genetics. I should mention that uh, it was uh, Happy Leaf Collective in L.A. that won uh, with that Mega Queso that year.
0: Okay, shout out to uh, Happy Leaf Collective and also Nameless Genetics. And that was Strain of the Fortnite. So, um, at this point... Uh, You usually give our listeners a little tip about growing cannabis, growing their own. Uh, So what topic are you
1: going to discuss today? Okay, today I'd like to discuss uh, just specifically grow room temperature and humidity levels. Uh, I know we've done uh you know climate control in the past but this is specifically dealing with just temperature and humidity at different stages of growth because you really to really dial in uh your grow room you really need to sort of be on top of these things uh so you know obviously cloning requires higher temperatures and humidity than vegetative growth uh flowering plants have a different uh, ideal atmospheric conditions because you know you're also trying to avoid uh powdery mildew and things like that so um, you really got to dial this in. Uh, so, you know, you need first to be measuring uh, temperature and humidity at all times. Get, you know, invest in a nice, uh, you know, thermometer, hygrometer. Uh, digital is best. One that really gives you the highs and lows and and can warn you in case things are out of whack. You know, you may need a heater to, uh, to raise heat. You may need an air conditioner uh, to lower heat. You just got to keep in mind both of those will also, uh, affect humidity levels. So, you know, a, you need a humidifier or a dehumidifier, uh, depending on where you're trying to go lower or, or higher on, uh, on that humidity. So, um, you know, and in big, huge grows, they, they have industrial equipment for this, but, you know, you can still control these things even in a small grow. And, you know, the more, the closer you get to the, the right area, the better your plants will be and the bigger your yield. So let's start with cloning. Um, Like I said, you want high humidity and pretty warm temperatures in cloning. I would say optimum temperature uh, 74 to 78 degrees uh, and relative humidity at about 75 to 85% um, when you're cloning. Uh, And you know, you can have a a tray, just a simple plastic tray and keep a, a electric heat mat underneath there and that'll raise humidity and temperature right up into the zone you want it to be. Uh, don't go higher than 90% with the humidity because that can cause uh, mold or rot. Uh, so if you have the clear plastic dome that goes over your tray, um, you know, cut a quarter size hole uh, or two even in that tray so that the humidity is, it doesn't build up over 90%. Now, uh, in the vegetative stage, uh, once your clones have rooted or your seeds are, are, are popped and growing, uh, you're in that vegetative stage of growth. Um temperature there uh 70 to 78 degrees Fahrenheit perfect. Uh you know when the lights are on. Uh no more than 10 or 10 to 15 degrees cooler when the lights are off. Uh and relative humidity 45 to 55 percent, basically right there at about 50% is, is perfect uh during the vegetative stage. Uh for flowering stage uh you know you can lower the temps if you you know that's great if you can get to 68 uh between 68 and 75 degrees uh during the day and you know no more than 10 or 15 degrees cooler at night uh that's great if you're supplementing with carbon dioxide uh you can go a little bit higher with the temperature 75 to 82 or so um but relative humidity, you should lower uh, to 35 to 45 percent, and then as you approach harvest, you know, as the plants are ripening, uh, you're going through the flushing process and all of that. You want to drop that even to about 30 percent for the relative humidity, and that'll help you avoid uh, mold, bud rot, uh, powdery mildew, uh, all which love high humidity. Um, and then, of course, you've got drying and curing. Uh, you know, cold is really good. For your drying room uh, i'd say 65 to 74 degrees no more than 74 degrees i mean that's even probably too warm um, and if you can get it lower you know if you can get it into the low 60s that's even better because you're not going to lose terpenes uh to the heat you know which can be gone you know even at room temperature that's why you can smell uh, the buds as they're drying, uh, and humidity in the drying room uh, forty-five to fifty-five percent. Uh, nice, dark, well-ventilated room. Uh, that uh, that would be great. That you know you don't want to diminish the scent or the flavor or the potency of your buds. So uh, you definitely don't want to be doing that drying at anywhere uh, near eighty degrees or more. Um, then you know once you're curing, you can cure your buds uh in glass jars in a cool dark place uh somewhere around 68 to 72 degrees uh if it gets much hotter it's going to affect the uh buds so that is temperature and humidity and if you can really dial those in you will, your your plants will prosper and you will be much happier with the the end result.
0: All right, sounds good. Yes, very important to get those temperature and humidity levels uh dialed in correctly. So thank you for that tip. Uh, Normally, at this point in the show, we would answer some questions from our listeners, uh, and we're going to return to that next week. So, um, as always, if you uh, have a question that you'd like Dan to answer on this show, please do get in touch with us. Uh, Email is the best way. That is info at growbudyourself.com, but we're also on socials, Patreon. uh, We're all over the place. But this week, we are going to play a game. And, um and and dan i don't know how many listeners are aware of this is a big jeopardy fan
1: <laughs> so out. we thought
0: we thought we'd do our own little version uh, because this show is uh about cannabis it's it's jeopardy you know Jeopardy. so it's jeopardy and and uh, dan is going to be the contestant you're going to be um you're going to be uh playing playing with yourself today <laughs> uh, okay just, just you and uh so we have a few categories, so you just tell me the category. Everything uh, is going to be worth uh, four hundred and twenty dollars. Why not? And um, you tell me uh, the category you'd like to start with. So your options are germination, vegetation, flowering, harvest, and consumption. Dan, the board is yours. Okay, uh,
1: let's go with uh, flowering for Flower. four twenty. Flowering Mike. for four twenty. Okay.
0: Okay, uh, the answer is failing to complete this process at the end of the flowering stage can lead to harsh smoking buds.
1: What is flushing? Correct? Right. So that's just using plain water uh, to leach out some of the excess uh, you know nutrients that have built up over the course of the grow- growing stages. Uh, you know, for the last two weeks or so, plain water. Uh, will help, uh, definitely, you know, remove some of that harshness, uh, from your buds and, uh, always remember to flush.
0: Okay. Well, what would you like next? How about, uh, vegetative? Okay. For 4.20 Vegetation for 4.20. The answer is, uh, yellowing leaves on your plants point to a deficiency in this all
1: important nutrient. What is nitrogen? Yes. Nitrogen. Excellent. Yes. Uh, Nitrogen, very important uh, for, you know, leaves, uh, branches, and growth during the vegetative stage. Uh, You know, on the NPK level, that's the first one, N, uh, nitrogen. So, you know, that's always good to have a a good amount of nitrogen, uh, especially during that all-important vegetative stage.
0: Okay. So, uh, you have germination harvest, and consumption left, where would you like to go next? Uh, how about harvest? Okay, the answer is, the process of regularly opening jars of cannabis to let moisture escape, known as this, is an essential
1: part of curing. What is burping jars? Correct. All right, burping the jars is uh, opening the jars uh, once or twice a day or so depending on the moisture levels, uh, to release the, uh, the moisture that's built up inside the jar and that's being released from the inside of the bud. So you're sweating that moisture out of the bud, um, and into the jar and then releasing it by burping the jar and then starting the process all over again until you've achieved the perfect cure.
0: All right. Uh, two categories left. You've got the very beginning germination and the very end consumption. Uh, what would you like?
1: Let's go with germination for 420, Mike. Very good. The
0: answer here is this common mistake by growers can lead to low germination rates.
1: Uh, What is improper seed storage? Yes. All right. Excellent. Yes. uh, Very important. Just like you store your cannabis to store your seeds uh, in a cool, dark place. doesn't hurt to have a desiccant uh, involved as well to keep them nice and dry Uh, some people use rice uh, some people use actual little desiccant packets um, but definitely do not want to you don't want to store seeds anywhere uh, moist or warm uh, and room temperature is really too warm in most cases so a cool dark place no fridge no freezer And uh, you should see germination rates uh, be fine, at least for, you know, a year or so.
0: Okay, very good. And uh, and there's only one left, so let's go to consumption.
1: Consumption for 420.
0: All right. Uh, Well, now okay. I I feel like this one's going to be a little easy for you, but uh, here's the answer. Uh, This classic consumption technique happens to be Danny Danko's favorite.
1: (laughs) What is smoking a joint? Uh, apparently correct. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love it. Uh, I like to roll joints. I like to smoke joints. Uh, it's really my preferred uh, method of consuming f- cannabis flowers. Uh, you know, I smoke a bowl. I'll, I'll do bong hits and stuff. Uh, not a big fan of blunts, but uh, but a nice joint is perfect. Uh, and, you know, you don't have to smoke the whole thing, you know, especially nowadays. Uh, you know, when you're socially distancing and all of that, you can smoke a little you know a half a joint and then leave the rest for later and uh it's really like a nice treat to revisit
0: absolutely and like dr Midge said last week uh and you alluded
1: to don't don't share the joint uh no. right now but no don't you know. know but roll one for your friend you know if that's you know distanced away exactly all
0: right that that was jeopardy uh we hope you guys uh enjoyed that and, and learned a little something Uh, We'll be back with uh, questions from our listeners next week. And, again, uh, you can send your question to us. Uh, The email is info at growbudyourself.com. What do you say we take a little break, come back, and then wrap it up? Let's do it.
1: All right. And uh, this, I believe, is the wrap. Uh, It's time to wrap it up, episode 13 yes absolutely as always thank you to dj jacques and winstrong for the song uh thank you to bc northern lights uh for jumping back in as a sponsor thank you to vapor.com uh where you can use the code gby for grow bud yourself gby for 15 percent off everything at vapor.com and that includes you know the puffco peak and all the different accessories and cbd products that they have on there um thank you to aaron from dna genetics what a, a great interview what a great guest uh we wish don and aaron everything but the best for their company and their families um and thank you to mike mike g my co-host my producer my friend my valued colleague thank you mike (laughs) you're you're welcome dan (laughs) all right so uh yeah this has been a fun one you guys i hope you learned something uh we'll be back next week with episode number 14 Um, Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for supporting us at Patreon, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the places. Um, Especially Patreon, though. Get on there. Patreon.com slash Danny Danko. You guys, this has been a a fun one. Uh, I guess this time to put it in the books.